2: Today's episode is also brought to you by Motor City X. In the hustle and bustle of the world that we live in, a majority of people feel stuck upon in the corporate world, and we aim to break the norm. So grab a hatchet, book a trip, and hit the trails. Reconnect with yourself and with nature. Create a story worth Telling the vision for Motor City Axe was born out of their love for lasting craftsmanship, a desire to work with their hands, and a passion for the outdoors. And each axe and hatchet is made right here in the USA and hand painted in Detroit, Michigan. You can go to MotorCityAxe.com. Use code word Warrior for ten percent off your custom weekly Warrior podcast axe or hatchet and the tools that they sell have and will withstand the test of time they tell a story and the city that they are crafted in has countless times been ruled out but both have risen from the ashes you can follow their journey on social media at instagram at motor city axe what will your story tell
3: What's going on warriors and welcome to another episode of the weekly warrior podcast on this week's episode I had the honor to sit down with my new friend david george who is the owner and founder of motor city axe We sit down and we talk about all things axe and all the cool things you can do with them So sit back relax and discover your warrior within All right, David, thank you for joining me today on The Weekly Warrior. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Great to be on here with you guys. Yeah, super grateful that you were able to make the time to join us. Um, We're going to jump right in. So I want to know, who are you, what do you do, and where do you do it?
4: Sure. Um, Yeah, so as you mentioned, my name is David. I am the uh, founder of Motor City Axe. So Motor City Axe is basically a... uh, an axe company, axes and hatchets, uh, cutting wood down in the forest, you know. But We refurbish uh, vintage axes and hatchets and then have a line of new axes and hatchets. Uh, those are kind of geared towards uh, like groomsmen's gifts and are uh, uh-huh. fully functional for use. Uh, but currently based out of Royal Oak, Michigan, so just outside of Detroit. Um, and yeah, I mean, just uh, just trucking along. Got a Got a workshop in the basement in the garage and
3: going to work. That's awesome, yeah. I remember when I was looking. So I was looking into getting a hatchet because, for whatever reason, I have one, and I was like, every every man needs a good axe or a good hatchet. Oh, at least um, at least one. At least one, probably more, preferably more. <laughs> um And you guys were, you know, I found you were a Michigan company. There wasn't many other Michigan axe makers at the, you know, when I was doing my when I was doing my searching. Um, and what drew me to you was um, sort of how you got into, you know, doing this whole thing where you're refurbishing old axes and you're making your own um, new product as well. Um, so I wanted to ask kind of what your inspiration was for Motor City Axe, because, you know, it is such a different thing where you're making that, this type of, of a product. Um, so what was your motivation, your inspiration behind it?
4: Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, preparing for, uh, you know, to chat with you here today, I was, you know, thinking about, you know, what, what drew me to axes and why I kind of got into that more so than I have recently. And, you know, just thinking back on it, I realized that you know, I actually found an old picture of m- my buddy and I back in high school. And mm-hmm. we actually had a, a landscape business uh, called D&D Landscaping. And it was David and Dan. Um, nice, but we, uh, we told people we cut down trees, but we didn't have a chainsaw. So we used axes and I always liked chopping down trees and stuff and using an ax. And then like through, through college kind of got away from it a bit and, you know, other things pop up and, you know, the changes in life and whatnot. But, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, my grandpa passed, I think about four or five years ago now, and we were cleaning out the garage and he was, I never You know, I wouldn't say call him a super handyman, um, but kind of learned my landscaping skills from him. Always uh, did his garden for him in his elder years and whatnot, but found this really cool old hatchet uh, buried in the garage. Um, Didn't didn't even know he had it. Never saw him use it. But I was like, I don't know. I just felt like a connection to it. And I was like, wow, this Mm -hmm. is a great piece. And I was like, you know what? I go camping a lot. I'll fix this up and take it with me. And in that process, I learned a lot about just the refurbishing of axes and and the uh, the care of the head and the sharpening and the handle and all that. And after I was done, I was like, you know what? This piece means a lot more to me, you know, now that it's done and and it's, it's, you know, it's usable again, but it's also more sentimental. So I was like, you know, I'm going to save this one and I'll, I'll find another one at a garage sale or an estate sale and fix it up. And that's the one that I'll take out and actually use. Mm hmm. Um, so I started doing that. My mom actually had found an ax and for my birthday, as I was starting to get back into this, fixed up an ax and she like researched it on her own as well and gave it to me for my birthday. So I had, uh, about a 36 inch, um, plum double bit for my birthday there. And I found another one at a garage sale that I was working on myself and just had a couple buddies kind of say, Hey, you know, I have this one or can you, can you get one for me? Like, you know, we all go Canva together. And, like, hey, you know, we'd like it to have an axe too. You can't be the only one chopping all this shit, right? And um, yeah, just kind of, kind of steamrolled from there a bit. I started off um, just doing a couple local like craft shows and, and sure getting it out there. Then uh, jumped on Etsy. Which I'm not. Are you familiar with Etsy? Yep. Yeah. So for uh, everyone listening doesn't know, Etsy is like a, a site for for makers who don't have uh, you know a physical. Brick and mortar location or their own website and whatnot but you can you can post your your crafts on there and sell them and stuff and they have a huge yeah Etsy's awesome yeah it's great I've,
3: I've
4: i've started on there obviously like i'm mentioning but uh also bought a bought a bunch of stuff on there as well mm-hmm. um but yeah then uh i think it was late 2018 kind of just transitioned to uh you know my own website and stuff and it just started picking up and just, you know, doing more weddings and uh, as, as, as groomsman's gifts, like I mentioned. Uh, right. And, you know, some people are buying them. I uh, got a guy out in um, the Washington, Washington state area. He he gets some for company awards and gifts.
3: That's so cool. Yeah.
4: which I mean, they're a lumber company. He's actually from Grand Rapids, Michigan and li- right. lives out there now. But uh, so love working with those guys and yeah, just kind of, kind of picked up from there. Have a, Couple of big projects in the works right now. Uh, can't mm-hmm. say with who yet because it's not launched yet. But uh, but coming soon. Uh, so hopefully that's something I'm uh, pretty excited about. Was working on that before I jumped
3: on here with you. And yeah, just kind of kind of where we're at. Absolutely, man. I gotta say um, the thing, the whole story about finding your grandfather's axe in the garage. I think a lot of people can really relate to that because you know when. Our grandparents and even, you know, some for some people, their parents, when they pass away and like you said, a big thing is going through belongings. They come across these things that maybe they didn't even know existed. Yeah. And it like it becomes this it's kind of larger than life. It's like, man, this was grandpa's hatchet and I want to use it and I want to I want to fix it up and I want to be able to to have, it's sort of like a piece of him that will probably last the rest of your lifetime as well. So what a cool, oh, yeah. like what a cool story that that is because I I mean, I can relate to that too. Coming across, I, you know, my grandpa passed last year and going through all his stuff, it was like, man, there's all this stuff that, you know, you never knew about their life, whether they, you know, didn't talk about it or whatever. But yeah that that's so cool that you were able to bring back um, a bit of that. And that was one, one of the things that really, intrigued me about your business was you take, I mean, people can send you, you know, whatever, or they can donate it or, you know, however, you know, they want to do it and you'll fix it up for them, which is awesome. Like there's very few services like that. Um, and what a cool thing to do for somebody that, I mean, really is like you said, it's, it's a piece of your family history that you'll never be, you'll never be able to replace if you get rid of it.
4: For sure. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, in that same note, I mean, I'm working on, um, I finished one working on a second one for my best friend's dad right now. Uh, yeah. one was a small hatchet that was his father's. Uh, that's the project I finished. He actually gifted that to his now son-in-law. Awesome. And then, uh, I'm working on a, a big, uh, uh, another double bit, uh, axe for him. That was him and his brothers. And in the seventies, they used it to actually build a cottage in Alaska together wow that's Uh, so cool and it it had yeah it had kind of you know worn away and the handle was was uh you know beyond repair so it's getting a new handle and uh the head's all clean and uh i'm actually standing in um so it's my best friend's dad but i'm standing in his brother's wedding coming up uh later this year and i'm thinking that they're going to give it to their dad as like a wedding you know wedding gift all three kids are married (laughs) now kind of thing so yeah yeah so real happy to be working on that so yes the same kind of vein like Uh, I've worked on a couple of projects where, you know, people are either saying, Hey, you know, found these old tools, you know, we have no use for them, but you know, they were grandpa's, you take them, we know, we know you're going to make them, you know, usable again and make them, you know, pass them on to somebody else who can definitely use them and, or fix it up for people who, Hey, this is my dad's, you know, he just passed away kind of thing. Again, you know, I'd love to have this and be able to use it myself. So,
3: which, yeah, I mean, the, the saying is they don't make things like they used to. So having the ability to bring something back to life. Uh, I was like perusing through your website. You have a lot of cool, especially the Michigan made. I think they're the marbles. Yeah. Um, Those look so cool. And it's a piece of Michigan history. And that, I mean, I ordered one of the old ones that you were, you know, fixing up. I can't wait to get that one because I love just the history that And you you never know. And you kind of can create the history in your head a little bit, which is part of the fun you know yeah you you, um, mean, you never
4: know like you know in some of these cases like like the one that that you're getting i don't know exactly where it came from right um or you know but you can to think like who is the previous owner what did they use this for yeah. uh, you know where did it come from like where did it travel to this the story it tells and like you said they don't make things like they used to you, you go to home depot and you'll buy a uh, you know 27 dollar you know fiberglass handle axe
3: <laughs> it's it's kind of a piece of shit. Um, I have a history of destroying really shitty axes. Like there you that. go. Um, yeah. I have probably I don't know probably destroyed six to seven axes. Not just because they're like you know like you said the twenty seven dollars pieces of crap from the hardware store or whatever. So I can relate to that too.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. So I mean, um, just bringing back tools that were that were made when
4: you know the craftsmanship was you know just. I think just just more care went into, you know, axes and and just things of that nature that were made back in the, you know, just through the whole, you know, 1910s, 20s, 30s, up to the 50s, and even into the 60s and stuff. Absolutely. Compared to what it is made now, so.
3: That's why people still use cast iron that their great grandparents used, you know, 100 years ago or whatever. Yep. Um, So I'm interested, you have a really big, it seems that you have a really big background with nature um has nature and you know camping and all that always been a big factor in your life and how and you, you had mentioned you know that you would go out in the woods and you guys would chop wood and that was part of a business model you would you would chop wood as a lands, as a landscaper um so how did that kind of come into play with all of this too your passion for the outdoors
4: yeah, I mean it, it actually it kinda of like, you know, ebbed and flows over over the years. Uh growing up with my family, we we'd go up north, um, you know, all the time. Uh spent a lot of time in like the Glen Arbor, Sleeping Bear Dunes area. Yep. And, and did a lot of hiking and stuff up there as kids. Um, but this I, I remembered I was thinking about this earlier. I remembered there was a summer where I was like, you know what? I don't want to go up north anymore. And I was and I was like looking back on it now, I'm like, you know, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like all I mentioned, all through high school, I was doing the landscaping thing. Just I always appreciated just doing physical labor and doing work with my hands. And yeah, you, know, you can you you feel the results, you see the results. Um, you know, other people can see the results as well and things. Um, I actually worked at a summer camp up near Petoskey for a summer, and that kind of reignited my love for up north and stuff. Uh, a couple of buddies from high school and I. Uh, three or four of us do do at least one annual camping trip a year. Some of them are, you know, married with kids and stuff now. So it's a little harder. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this past summer, I mean, uh, spent went to the Nordhaus Dunes and near Ludington, uh three or four times uh, camped up near Traverse city and in Petoskey and in Charlevoix uh, did the UP for a, for a long weekend. Mm-hmm. Um actually in a couple of years ago, I also, I worked at uh moose you mountaineering familiar with that store. Yes. Yep. So I worked there for about two years, uh, at the corporate office here down here in Madison Heights. Um, and this, that was a great experience just to learn more about the actual gear. And, uh, I, that's where I accumulated most of the gear I use now. Um, my boots and my tent, my sleeping bag and all that kind of stuff. Some of the essentials. Yep. Um, I actually listened to your guys, uh, backpacking hiking uh podcast from uh, a week or so
3: ago yes and sadly that trip is getting put off because of all the uh the restrictions yeah. the yep. pictured rocks just closed down until at least the beginning of june the uh mm. all the backcountry campsites and whatnot so yep pretty lame but you know what can you do <laughs> yeah. you just gotta stay inside i guess <laughs> uh, seriously it's uh we and we've been doing so much hiking lately um, and we've gotten all the gear and we're getting really geared up, ready to go. And it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll just put it on hold, but for how long it's yep. extremely inconvenient, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, it's frustrating. It's inconvenient. Cause like, I mean, I, I want, I, I wanted to do some
4: spring camping and right you know, now it's like, okay, guess not.
3: Yeah, exactly. I, Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast, all in of itself. Yes, <laughs> it <is, laughs> indeed. Um, so you you've done a lot of work with your hands. Um, you I like you said, I completely agree with you. The nature of physical labor, um, especially I've worked in um, child welfare for the last you know five six years. So I completely awesome. I, I find a lot of joy in um manual labor because you really like you said, you get to see your product or whatever, you you know, being completed, um, which is very satisfying. So where did that desire to work with your hands come from?
4: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if I can pinpoint an exact, you know, desire to work with my hands per se. I mean, I think more of the, the entrepreneurial spirit kind of Mm thing. Um, I mean, that kind of just runs, I think through my family in general. Um, so my, my back to my grandpa, he came, uh, to America when he was, I think somewhere between eight and 12. Um, not, you know, not speaking English and whatnot. Um, and ended up actually starting a very successful, uh, dairy company that, that, uh, was the largest independent dairy company in the Midwest Wow! up until we sold back when I was in high school. Um,
3: that's awesome. <laughs>
4: yeah. So I mean, no, it's like a great story. And like and I appreciate now as as an adult, like, you know, I, I, I have, like you mentioned, in addition to his hatchet, I have his old army jacket and I have, you know, this yes. you know, old trinkets that are tied back to this dairy company that as a kid I was like, Okay, cool, free ice cream and popsicles. But, you know, now I'm like, Okay, like this was something that, you know, my grandpa and his brother and dad built and then all his sons worked there and like so including my dad and stuff. And just being able to put the effort into something and see the results, um, you know, and now I'm doing it with my, with my hands, you know, whether it was the landscaping or not with the axes and the hatchets, just, it's, it's so much more rewarding than, just, you know, doing other, I don't know if I say mundane, but just, you know, you know, run of the mill kind of jobs and, and, and tied to, you know, corporate America and whatnot. So.
3: Right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, that's a perfect segue into my next question is you had mentioned that you, you have a full-time day job. Right. Um, what is your full-time day job? Um, so I'm actually,
4: uh, just about a year in, it'll be a year in July. I am head of customer success, uh, for a small tech startup in the staffing and recruiting industry. Gotcha. And actually prior to that, I spent the last five years in the nonprofit space
3: Yeah, uh, as well. So, So with that, you've got your, you know, people, you know, your nine to five Um, motor city acts. It seems like, I mean, obviously you're extremely passionate about it. Um, I don't like to call these things side hustles, but but that's kind of the word that's, you know, thrown around a lot these days. How do you kind of balance your full-time job with this business that you've created on the side that you're very passionate about? What, where does the balance come in with that?
4: Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is that it, it is a balance. I mean, um, definitely have a lot more time right now just in the, the current state of the, you know, the world with, uh, with the coronavirus and things. Yeah, yep. Um, cause I, 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 I go to the gym six days a week. I have a basketball league and like, I should be, I should be playing my softball, my flight football league right now. And right. Uh, obviously everything is canceled. Um, and yeah, I mean, right now it's not as much of a struggle just because my schedule's pretty much clear. I, you know, I get up and I do my, do my day job during the day, but at night there's, you know, there's nowhere to go. I'm not hanging out with friends. I'm not going to the gym. Right. So I'm getting, I'm getting uh, quite a bit done right now. Uh, but back to, you know, when things are, are, you know, getting back to normal and whatnot. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a balance and, you know, it comes down to to really just, you know, prioritizing what's, what's important. And, and like you said, this is important to me. And, you know, if I miss a barn night out with my friends, but, you know, I'm finished up five axes, you know, to me, that's rewarding. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, uh, you know, sometimes late nights and, and sometimes some, you know, a lot of work on the weekends and stuff, looking forward to the nicer weather. I, uh, you know, move some of the equipment outside and, for sure. To breathe the fresh air and stuff out there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, it's, it, it is a side hustle essentially. Um, you know, the goal is to continue to grow. Like I mentioned at the start there, I think every, every guy and girl out there needs at least one hatchet. So
3: that's absolutely true. Um, what in your mind is going to, for you to say, okay, now is the time to make Motor City acts like my full-time, this is, you know, I'm going to just dive right into it. What does that, what does that really look like? Because I know that's a really scary thing for a lot of people who have these kind of, you know, side businesses. Um, It's like, okay, when do we make the leap? What does that look like?
4: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that's kind of always in, in the back of my mind there. And, And I was, again, thinking a lot, a lot, uh, a lot about all this kind of stuff, uh, earlier today. And I've actually been listening to, you know, a handful of, of your guys' podcasts since we've started talking a couple of weeks ago. We appreciate then, that. <laughs> yeah. no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sitting down in the, in the, in the workshop, uh, painting up some axes today and had, uh, got through
3: two episodes. So awesome.
4: Um, but yeah, um, I'm sorry. What, what was the, the base of the question there again? Talking <laughs> about
3: like when you're going to, when you feel like it's the oh, yeah, right yeah. time to dive into the motor city acts becoming your full-time thing.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I have, I have a solid support system, but even, even, you know, starting it as it was, even on, on Etsy and stuff like it was, I was like, ah, you know, are people going to want these, you know, is because, you know, there's other people out there who are doing the same thing. It's actually picking up in popularity quite a bit. There's, mm. There is actually an entire podcast dedicated to Axes now. Is there really? Um, I haven't seen any new content lately, but they did have uh, about 20 episodes out towards the end of 2019 and early 2020 here.
3: Yeah, because like Axe throwing and all that got really popular. That was starting, it seemed like 2017, 2018, it was kind of growing. In 2019, it kind of exploded.
4: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to branch out in different areas. And like I said, this is always kind of in the back of my mind here of, you know, You know, is it, is it, first of all, is it something that, that could sustain me full time? Um, you know, would I be busy enough? Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, I have a couple, I've, I have my largest, uh, project ever on the table right now. So I'm working through that. That should be going live, uh, early to mid next month as camping season rolls out. Um, I do work with a couple of the local axe throwing, uh, bars and lounges here in Metro Detroit area. Um, obviously that kind of has, has come to a halt with everything being closed. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just trying to, t- trying to t- diversify just kind of, you know, how people view axes. Cause you know, off the bat people think, okay, you know, I need that. If I have a cabin up North to chop firewood for my bonfire. Right. But you know, there's, there's the groomsman's gifts line and there's, there's the ax throwing. Um, there's people who just, like you mentioned, you know, find a family heirloom and want that fixed up. And mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to, you know, cover all the bases. And, you know, I think I'll know when, when the time is right. I think it has to be right just as far as, you know, I mean, obviously financially is, is always a factor as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, just when the, I think I'll know when, when it's the right time to take that, that full leap. Um, I mean, and I know I mentioned working in corporate America, I'm happy at my, at my current day job. It's a, it's a fun startup. I like the people I work with for sure. Um, You know, I think we got a great product as far as, you know, helping out, um, the staffing and recruiting industry, especially in this time, as people are, you know, being laid off and looking for new jobs, people right. are telling us, and the clients are telling us, you know, wow, your platform is, is empowering us more than ever before and such. Um, so I'm not looking to jump ship. I'm not like, you know, there's people who you know, so I just, just heard this in your, in your, the, the episode I just listened to with you guys, they mentioned how people, you know, wake up and they think, Oh, I have to go to my job again. I hate my job. I hate my life and I'm not at that point.
1: That's um, good. <laughs>
4: yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you know, it's it's right now it's well-rounded. There's a good balance. Um, you know, this is something that I'm, I'm still doing, you know, a bit on the side that I have bigger aspirations for as I continue to, you know, branch out, find new customers, make new connections. Like, you know, I'm a firm believer that everything kind of happens for a reason and just kind of where I'm at in my life and working with the axes. And then, you know, you just kind of, as, as the kids say, slid into my DMS almost, you know, <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've been sat in and, and, you know, this is, this is, you know, I got to appreciate the opportunity being able to jump on the podcast here with you guys and, and chat about this and get my story out there. And yeah, just, you know, more awareness and, and, you know, more like-minded people like you guys out there. So absolutely. And again,
3: a perfect segue into my next topic. You're, you're killing it right now. Um, no, i am just setting you up. You're <laughs> <are> softball. <laughs> I know, seriously, it's <laughs> slow pitch softball. Um. So on your website, one of the things you have on there, um, in your about me section, it's grab a hatchet, book a trip, hit the trail, reconnect with yourself and with nature. And then there's there's other lines like for generations to come, telling a story, um, talking about connection. The connection piece is huge. Um, obviously here at the Weekly Warrior Podcast, we're all about like genuine connection with yourself, with other people, all that type of stuff. Um. I want to know where that vision came from. Um, And I know there, I mean, there's kind of a lot there, but you, you put that in such a way and you talked about, you know, corporate America, feeling stuck. Um, Those are all themes that we, we really relate to. Um, So for you, where did that vision really come from um, for the, for Motor City Acts?
4: Yeah. I mean, just, you know, part of it from personal experience, like I've, I've had jobs where I was, in that kind of corporate grind where I w- woke up and hated going to work. And I, I knew something needed to change. And I think there's people who feel, um, you know, it's like, just like, like, like they can't change that or they're, or they're that stuck in that. Or if they, if they make this change, it's going to ruin this. And then it's going to, you know, it's the end of the world. And, you know, really nothing's going to be the end of the world. Like, you know, I, I just think people don't, you know, put themselves out there enough and, and, one word that that kind of I'm focused on lately is being more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of putting yourself out there more and maybe just like you mentioned you know, on the previous question, like when would be the right time? And I think, you know, I think I'll know when it is, but, um, you know, and that, that's a leap of faith at at some point, For but, sure. you know, being vulnerable on that and trusting in myself and what I'm doing. Um, but I just think that there's just, you know, the connected with nature part, there's just so much to offer in Michigan. And I think people don't, you know, take full advantage of that even, mm-hmm. um, just, just getting out there's, you know, there's not a, as much to do nature wise down here in the Metro Detroit, but you know, Kensington's pretty close. Uh, you know, I camped last year for a quick weekend, getaway just at Holly recreation area, right. which is like 45 minutes away. And then, I mean, the UP is gorgeous. And, and if you really want to go super far, there's Isle Royale, which is on my bucket list.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Just, just really just you know, just connecting and, and just, I mean, even uh, a 15 minute walk uh, through, you know, a local park here that has, you know, more trees than my street or, you know, a, a bike ride through Kensington or whatever it may be, just getting that fresh air and just kind of disconnecting from whether it's your job or a break from, you know, just the normal day to day routine and just a little refresh is, is I think, you know everyone should be should be taking advantage of that. So Yeah,
3: absolutely. It's interesting that you mentioned that stuff about Michigan being so beautiful because when I so I lived in Michigan uh for most of my childhood. Um I moved out to Colorado a few years ago, lived there for, th- you know, 3 years and obviously Colorado is like absolutely gorgeous, stunning mm-hmm. yep. mountains, you know, it doesn't get much better than that, but what I realized is when I moved back is there's beauty everywhere. And I think when I lived in Michigan before, I really didn't take advantage of how amazing, how, you know, truly amazing, you know, how all the water and the trails and the trees and how green everything is. Um, And I really came back with a different perspective on there's beauty everywhere, but you have to be willing to find it. Um, And so reconnecting with, that part of what Michigan is really about has been huge since I've come back because, um, I really was missing out and we did a ton of camping and, uh, whatever, when I was growing up and I didn't, I, I totally took it for granted. And so that what you're talking about is reconnecting with nature and, you know, hitting the trail and doing all this stuff really, you know, was, it really, really just resonated with me because, coming back to where most of my family has been based and I have a lot of history here and taking advantage of everything that Michigan has to offer um, is something that I think more people should do. And I, the one, if there's one good thing about this, um, you know, shelter in place bullshit is it's forcing people to get outside more and do different things. You know what I mean? Like if you're a gym rat or whatever, it's forcing people to like go to a state park and take a five mile walk or a hike or whatever, um, which is amazing because that's just, I mean, that's something that everybody should experience, especially when it's, you know, right on your doorstep. I figured out that I'm 30 minutes from the trailhead trailhead of the Manistee river trail. You know what I mean? Never would have, never would have known that before. um, And I'm so happy that I do. So yeah, I, I love all that. And, you know, bringing it into, you know, bringing it full circle with your product as being a hatchet, like hatchet is absolutely necessary if you're going out, you know, for a camping trip or whatever. Uh, and I've, I've had a discussion about this with some, with some friends, like, do you really need one of those? Like, is that really necessary? I'm <laughs> like, does firewood make itself? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like
4: unless you're unless you're buying a a pre-cut stack and have it all cut when you get there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I bring, I bring at least, at least three every time I go camping. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited to uh, maybe at some point, if I come across either a full size ax or if you start selling full size axes, that's on the list too. <laughs> um,
4: Yeah. Well, I'll say right before you, uh you jumped in and, and got the one that uh that you picked, I actually sold um three of the, like the, they're called uh it's a boy's axe they're about uh like 24 to 26 inch handle um but sold all three of ones i had left as far as the the vintage refurbished ones right uh those are shipping out to canada for a bachelor uh for uh bachelor out there man so- that's
3: so cool i love the idea that for because like groomsmen gifts generally you know you get like a pint glass customized or like whatever but it doesn't get much better than like a custom hatchet or like a custom knife or something. And I love that idea um, that you offer that type of stuff. So that's super cool. And I had had a question just kind of pop up. Um, Yeah. There's all types of different axes, hatchets, whatever. Can you kind of give like, for someone who wouldn't know anything about a hatchet or an axe or whatever, what are some of the basic types um, that people should look for when they're they're starting out with the, because it is a, everything is a wide world as soon as you jump into it. But someone, yeah. <laughs> who, someone who were to like, you know, not know anything, what would you kind of recommend to them or tell them the different types are?
4: Yeah, that's uh I mean, just off the bat, that's even a complex question. Um, obviously I I've learned a ton more as I've gotten, uh, in depth, you know, more in depth into this and, and I still have a ton to learn. Um, so one of the questions I get questions like that from customers, sometime people will reach out and be like, Hey, I'm looking to get my boyfriend, a hatchet for his birthday, you know, but I don't really know anything about him. What do you recommend? One of the first questions I ask is kind of, you know, wh- what is the purpose you want it for? Is it is he going to put it on his wall or on his bookcase as like a display item? Or is it something that he, is he a, you know, uh, a weekend camper with, with with you and a dog? Does he go out with his buddies? Or is he uh, like a full-on backpacker? Sure. Kind of thing. Yeah. It, it helps me kind of gauge, you know, you know, backpackers always worried about, you know, every ounce matters kind of thing. So he might be, uh, you know, a smaller hatchet. So hatchets are typically smaller, um, roughly two pounds or less, uh, have like, uh, usually a 10 to 14 inch handle. Um, but then, you know, they can vary from there. There's, there's, um, a, a camp ax, which is about a 16 to 20 inch handle. Uh, the head style on that can vary. There's, um, so many different head styles. There's there's the Connecticut. There's the um, heads can be beveled. There's the double bit, which is uh, a blade on both mm-hmm. sides. There's uh, a jersey pattern. There's a Michigan pattern. Um, most patterns are named after the geographic area, kind of sure. where they were uh, designed. Um, you know, some cut better for certain types of lumber and wood. Um, yeah, it, I mean, this man, is man. That's so cool. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton to learn. If, if if that's something that, that, you know, anyone out there listening is really interested in um, the the podcast I mentioned uh, about Axis is, is, is real good uh, for diving deeper into the, the history of Axis and some of the, some of the companies, um, you know, a lot of them started out on the East coast, um, obviously where, where the first settlers uh, came over to America and whatnot. And, you know, companies moved uh more uh more west as civilization did and you mentioned there's there was one up in the uh, in um Gladstone Michigan that's where the where the marbles uh axes were were first made. Yeah, so.
3: I love the the aesthetic of the marbles axes are to me yeah, they're, they're so really they're weird. so simple but they're also completely different, you know what I mean? Like you I haven't seen and the cool part about all the refurbished axes that you have is there's so many different types and like I I just find that fascinating because there's all these, and like you said, there's so many different types, and you would never guess that when you're like, well, I'm just going to go buy an axe at Home Depot or, <laughs> or whatever. There's yeah. so much more to it. And obviously, that's with anything you get into, there's so much more to it, but it's so fascinating. Um, I have been on the hunt for, you know, as a part of the Weekly Warrior podcast, we. Uh, we, one of our main symbols is an ax cause you know, we have our little, our Viking mascot guy and yep. it's hard to find kind of a Viking style ax that is also yep. usable. Um, cause they're like, I mean, when you think of a Viking ax, you think of like a battle ax or whatever, but, um, sure. <laughs> I've always been like, man, if someone could make like a camp ax that looks just like a Viking ax, I'd be all about that. <laughs>
4: You know what you mentioned. I think I saw one recently. If I can find it, I'll toss it your yeah, way. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I can't remember where I saw it, but if I if I, if I can dig that up, uh, yeah, I'll send it your way. But yeah, I mean, but even on that note, um, you know, ha- half the fun is. I mean, obviously, can't do it right now again with with the COVID. But um, you know, I, I frequent garage sales and estate sales and and barn sales and antique right. markets, and you know, I'll find this this rusty you know, old head that someone's selling for two right. bucks or whatever. And I'll go home and clean it up. And it's like, uh, you know, a 1943 Boy Scout of America emblem, you know, branded in the head that you couldn't see under so the rust. Cool. That, like that's having yeah. fun is you know discovering what these, what, what these were, you can kind of date some of them and things like that. Like uh, I just cleaned up one this past weekend, um, Wedgeway hardware, never heard of it before. Uh, took a little digging but um was was made in Saginaw Michigan by Morley Brothers uh hardware company that's so cool had had, had never heard of them did not know that uh, any axes were made in right. Saginaw uh about you know about an hour north of Detroit here yep. so yeah, just, i just mean just learning new stuff uh, discovering you know where these axes were from you know that helps you know helps me date them uh you know i like passing on the story to customers and stuff like the one you got i know is a is a vaughn Mm -hmm. axe um so with that when i send it over to you i'll include some info on 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 vaughn i'm such a sucker for that that too company
3: (laughs) (laughs) beautiful um i try i was thinking about this i'll never go in and look at like an old axe or hatchet the same way because now that i've seen what you do i'm going to be thinking about that the entire time like man if i can get my hands on that like some antique you know rusty axe head or a hatchet head i know what i'm doing with it <laughs> yeah
4: i mean it's it's fantastic and you know if anyone out there listening if they if you guys have stuff that you're you know i'm I'm always looking to to, to grow the collection so i'd be happy to to talk to anyone and uh, work on some pieces absolutely with you. and again
3: great segue into my next question um <laughs> We live in a society in 2020 and it's been this way for a long time where it's very consumer focused, but the products that we're given are very much so products that can be thrown away. So yeah. what I mean by that is yep. you don't – people don't fix stuff. You know what I mean? There, there's not a lot of, well, I got a hole in these pants. I guess I'll sew it up and wear them still or I uh, I broke this thing and, or like a kitchen utensil. And I'm going to try to fix it. It's I'll just toss it because it's a plastic piece of shit. And then I'll buy another one off of Amazon and it'll be here in two days. Um, So what motivates you to create a business model that's more based on old fashioned values with products that are designed to last?
4: Yeah, I mean, I mean. That, that just kind of like hits home more personally. Like I'm very, uh, environmentally conscious just, uh, as, just as a way of life. I, I very big into recycling. Um, actually just like just during all this, you know, uh, social distancing time, I've just been taking some walks around the neighborhood and I've been picking up just recyclables and taking a bag with me and picking awesome. up recyclables that people are just yeah. throwing out. Um, but yeah, I just think that like you mentioned, people are so, you know, you know, one use product and, you know, single use plastic and all these things. And even I've been uh, friends of mine are like, Hey man, uh, my dad's going to throw these two axes away. Do you want them? And I'm like, yes. Why would you just throw them away? I mean, sure, sure. They're a little rusty, but like I I picked them up uh, probably three months ago now or whatever. And they have both been fixed up and they both saw them. They were both in, I mean, great condition, needed a new wedge, um, which, you know, secures the head yep. to the handle, but you know, beyond that, um, just needed, just needed the heads cleaned up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just think like, you, you know, we talked about kind of passing on to the next generation. Like, I mean, you know, when I, uh, you know, I, I hope to get married myself and I want to pass my grandpa's hatchet down to, you know, to my children and be like, Hey, you know, this was your great, great grandpa's. And I just think that, you know, I have an axe that I use when I go camping quite a bit. And I'd be like, hey, this is the axe that I used. Now it's yours. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a lot more meaningful than, you know, like you said, hop it on Amazon and be like, oh yeah, you know, order yourself an axe, son.
3: <laughs> right. No, and I think that um how you when we first started uh communicating, when I was looking at ordering an axe from you, um, I loved the way you phrased Uh, when I, when I was asking you, you know, would you recommend you getting a refurbished hatchet or one of yours? And you phrased it as, do you want to create the stories or do you want one that's already had stories and that you can continue to build on it? And I love that attitude. It's like, yeah, I mean, either way it's going to last and I'm going to be able to, you know, pass it down as an heirloom item. But you know, just the way you phrased that was, I mean, it was great. I loved it. Um, cause like I said, I'm a huge sucker for stuff like that, uh, that you, you know, stuff that's going to last stuff. That's not just, you know, you're going to throw it away. And that, like I said, it completely resonated with me. So it's fair to yeah, say hundred well, percent I can gauge. I mean, man, this is a big, uh, this is a big question and I don't really know how to ask it other than to just ask it, but how can people <laughs> combat this, um, you know, like I said in 2020, the the way that consumerism works. How do people combat against that? Um, the throwaway type, you know, consumerism products. Um, how do we how do we fight that? How do we fix that?
4: Yeah, I don't see that. I, I agree that, that that that's a that's a heavy hitting question there because I think just now with with technology at our fingertips and everyone, you know, I have little cousins who are, you know, eight and have a phone now and things, and I didn't get a phone my parents were like, when you, when you drive and you can go off on your own, you can get a phone so we can keep, you know, keep t- in touch with you.
3: That was the same thing. My everyone, parents told
4: me, <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean like, you know, everyone has an iPad or an uh, an iPhone and, and the internet's here and there's Wi-Fi everywhere. And I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I, struggle with that question. I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, that's people's personal choice really. I mean, if, if, you know, you want that, that, that ease and, and this, that, that, I mean, I think it's a wasteful nature. Um, I'm not a big online shopper myself. I prefer to, um, you know, touch the product, try on the product, uh, see its quality in, in person. Um, um, you know, those kind of things. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that really answered the question because that
3: is, that is a deep question. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think I look at it as support your small businesses um, because your small businesses most likely are providing products that are higher in quality. And you're also affecting somebody's, you know,
4: agree with that life directly.
3: Um, I know like your business is a a perfect example of that. Um, You might not be able to go to the, the hardware store down the street and get a motor city ax for 20 bucks, but you're gonna have some a product that lasts for years rather than a single year. I've had axes that I've broken within hours of <laughs> of buying. Oh yeah, um, yeah. If,
4: if if you're if you're swinging and, and uh, cutting down a uh, you know even a medium sized tree, but you you miss swing and and hit that fiberglass handle on a on a you know a decent sized trunk, yeah. that there's some you know unrepairable damage right there. Yeah.
3: So I think fighting back against this. Throw away consumerism is buy fr- buy local, save up your money and buy some like I lo- there's a saying it's buy once cry once so you get one high like quality that. piece and it, you get over it because and you'll never have to buy it again probably rather than just buying the same shit seven different times in the same year you know what I mean um, yeah. so yeah I, I I would recommend to anybody to go and just support your local business like motor city acts. Um, no, yeah.
4: I mean, I appreciate that, especially during these times. Um, I mean, obviously th- there's other businesses out there that, that need, uh, you know, the, the bars and the restaurants and, and the breweries and things like that need need, uh, you know, some more business right now as as people can't go in and enjoy their, their environment, and their atmosphere at a bar or a restaurant and stuff. So I, I, I actually, uh, I'm picking up a pizza after we wrap up here that I, uh, we'll have ready uh, in about a half an hour for me
3: from a local place down the street. So beautiful. I, we talked about uh Pasquale's a little bit in some emails. Yeah. Did, yep. If, if you're ever interested um, there's the sister restaurant of Pasquale's is called the Villa. Um, exactly. I don't know if you've ever been there, ever heard of it or not. Um, the pizza at Pasquale's is like no other thing in the whole world. And it's a, it's a sincere travesty that it's gone, but the Villa has a very comparable Pizza to Pasquale's. I went there when I spent some time down in Detroit. because um, I okay. I had to for my family's sake. <laughs>
4: there you go. Yeah. No, I actually drove by Pasquale's yesterday and was like, oh, all right. We just talked about that.
3: So. Man, I it still makes me sad. I have some Pasquale's stuff from like when they were closing, they were selling stuff and whatever. Uh, my aunt went and bought a bunch of, you know, menus and signs and whatever. And everyone nice in the family bad got some stuff. Cause like we'd been going there for 60 years, basically. So yeah, anyway,
4: yeah, it, was, it was, it was a
3: staple. Oh God. I digress. It's near and dear to my heart and I can talk about it a lot. <laughs> um, I want to talk about kind of wrapping things up a little bit where people can find you. And we've sort of alluded to some of the stuff um throughout this episode, but what is on the horizon that you can tell us?
4: Yeah. Um yeah I mean first you, you guys can find me uh uh I as I mentioned kind of jumped off uh jumped off Etsy uh still on Etsy but but prefer you guys uh, head over to our site uh, motorcityax.com uh so again that's where you can kind of read about uh the story that Corey was mentioning here the about section um you know see all of our products uh we actually work with a local uh leather guy as well so he does all the sheath with our the uh, which are the head covers, uh for the blades um his name is wild bill uh so shout out to him wild bill uh, great great guy yep does some great leather work there um also you can find us on the instagram uh at motor city uh put a lot of content there uh try to showcase some of the refurbished stuff some of the new stuff and then highlighting um <clears throat> excuse me uh just some of the the beauty and nature around michigan uh and then any kind of trips we take uh you mentioned uh colorado it was actually out there about uh in early february so there's some recent pictures from uh, from the Boulder area yeah. on there as well um, yeah so those are our two main uh, two main avenues there I have a Facebook and an email as well but you can always reach us uh, through the Instagram and the website um, but yeah kind of what's next on the horizon um, you know obviously we'd like to see everyone just uh, you know stay safe stay safe and healthy out there and everyone get back on their feet after the coronavirus here and um, you know mentioned working with one of the local axe bars they actually were on the verge of opening two more locations. Mm. Um, and we were going to be in both of those as well, uh, was actually going to be out at a tournament, uh, at a place out in commerce, ax throwing tournament was going to be out there, which would had to be postponed. Uh, so looking to get more into the, into the ax throwing, we're doing a couple custom designs, um, as far as the paint jobs on the handles for some of those vendors, um, Uh, the the project we're working on right now again can't say (laughs) who it's with yet uh, but coming soon so there'll be a lot of uh, on our social media about that when that launches looking real forward to that some real good uh, folks there and yeah I've been um, been reaching out to a couple just um, like you mentioned um, you know local local um, other makers and local kind of shops and things and and trying to network and connect Um, you know actually actually got a message from a from a small kind of um, similar mindset as, as, as Motor City X kind of shop out in New York, uh, this morning, actually. Um, so just talking with them, seeing if there's any type of, uh, collaboration there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and then just branching out into the groomsmen, uh, market a bit more too. And, um, you know, connecting with, with people who are getting married might work with some local wedding photographers and kind of, um, recommend businesses, you know, on each other's behalf and just kind of. Yeah, just you know, like you mentioned, just you know, help support other small businesses, um and you know, just keep keep continue to grow and and you know, take it to new heights and stuff. Awesome. So.
3: Yeah, great to hear it. I can't wait to see uh what this big project that you're you're hinting at a lot on your Instagram, and I'm like, man, whatever it is, it's gonna be really cool. So uh can't wait to see what that's gonna be. But we Yeah, looking forward to it. Have one last question for you. Um We ask everybody that comes on the podcast this question, and we always get the best answers from this um so, without further ado, what does being a warrior mean to you
4: and i I heard this being asked on all the all the episodes I listened to, so I figured it was coming so i- I did give it a bit of thought um I mean, so first off, my high school mascot was a warrior. So that kind of, oh, there you go, kind of played, played right into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it and, and, and I think the answer really, I mean, obviously listening to the podcast a bit now, it, it, it differs for everyone. Um, but I, I think, and, and this kind of falls into the, like the, the new mindset I'm, I'm, I'm going into, which falls into, you know, the weekly warrior uh, mindset as well as what I'm, you know, hearing and learning more from you guys on the podcast, which is great. Um, but really just someone who doesn't really, you know, just lay back and let life come to them, but someone who really goes out and goes after mm, them.
3: Yes. Um,
4: I mean, obviously I mentioned like I had, you know, a lot of support and people, you know, encouraging me and, and pushing me along the way. But, you know, ult- ultimately the decision was, you know, was up to me and, and, you know, I was just like, you know what, I'm passionate about this. If people can see my passion and I go for it, it's something that's going to, you know, benefit me and, you know, not only with, with the business, but, you know, it's, it's lessons I've learned in, in other aspects of my life now. And I mentioned just like being more vulnerable and, and, you know, putting myself out there more in things. And, um, yeah, I just, I just I think that, uh, always striving to be, um, to be better,
3: whether that's in your personal life or in, or in business. Awesome. Yeah. Don't be, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and see what comes. Cause that's, as soon as you start putting yourself out there, good things come around. I agree. All right, man. Well, I really do sincerely appreciate your time coming on and talking about motor city acts and also just talking about you a little bit. That was, it was really good. I'm like, I said, I'm very grateful that you were able to take the time to do it.
4: No, I appreciate the invite. Uh, you know, it's been, has been great, uh, chatting with you a bit and then, uh, listening to the podcast. I'm going to keep listening and, uh, learning a lot and just uh hearing your guys stories and some of the yeah just just a lot of lessons like i said everything happens for a reason and and what you guys talk about it kind of falls right in uh with where i want to be headed myself so absolutely
3: yeah. yeah we got some cool things working in the future too we'll keep everybody posted on that indeed all right man have a good night thank you Corey. appreciate the time sir yep see you later Well, guys, that wraps up another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. I want to say thanks again to David George for joining us on the Weekly Warrior Podcast to talk about his awesome company, Motor City Axe. You guys should definitely go check them out. They're on Instagram, at Motor City Axe. They're on Facebook, at Motor City Axe. And his website, MotorCityAxe.com. You're going to love it. Go buy an axe. Go buy a hatchet. Send in old granddad's axe or hatchet. And you're not going to be disappointed. So again, thank you guys for sitting down, listening. And as always, we want you to take the things you hear in the episodes and apply them in your life. Thanks again for being here with us. And we hope you'll join us next week when we discover the warrior within